Hey, quick, a quick kind of public service question. Um, if you happen to be a sign language interpreter, um, uh, our, one of our sweet deaf couples is here, but our normal interpreter isn't. And so if, if that's you, if you've got that capacity, come on down to the front and pull a chair right over here. So if you've got that skill set or you're willing to risk it, um, now's a good time to try it out. So, um, and they'll help you through it, by the way. Um, they're very helpful. Um, if not, then uh, well, we'll just do our best. So, um, also a little announcement. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the very first church service of First Baptist South Campus. Um, so that's kind of fun. That's a fun little, I don't know, piece of legacy. It was really cool yesterday. Get it. Oh, I thought the same thing fell again. I was like, that was wild. Some of the first service just randomly halfway through the service just fell off the stage back there. So um, we didn't know what that was, but um, it's still down there. No, no, just Travis making noise back there. So, um, uh, uh, so I got to talk with at, at um, uh, Sharon Whitman's celebration, live celebration yesterday. I got to meet numerous people from, from First Baptist who were there again, hadn't seen in a while. And just to get to talk through and celebrate a little bit of that with them yesterday. So that was, a, that was kind of a nice touch too. Um, and we're pretty sure that actually is referencing the first service that was had, but it was actually had at Owens Elementary um, in one of their rooms where they set up and took down chairs. So setting up and taking down chairs is a part of our legacy here at South Spring. We still do it. Uh, we still do it all the time. Uh, yep, that's right. We're the chair ninja. In fact, we, if we're going to talk about it in a few weeks. We start back up with that. So we'll get there. Um, uh, and finally, I get to welcome our new first graders. So who are our new first grade? We have any new first time first graders here? Awesome. <laughs> Um, very good. Good to have you guys here. Um, in the back, there is a table with a bag of stuff for the families of the new first graders. Um, and uh, it, it's, you, can, you can actually go back now and get the bag yourself. They're made, well, Jared's back there. He could probably help you out. But uh, uh, if, you need, if you want to get that, or at the beginning or end of the service, you can grab those the resources, and, uh, and we'll um, uh, hopefully get those in your hands. We'd love for you to have those. Thank you guys, first graders, for being here. Um, I am sure at some point you may get a little bit, uh, I don't know, bored uh, in the service, fidgety, whatever. It's okay. So does everybody else. Um, at some point it happens. Um, you'll get through it and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang in there together. So hopefully. Um, so there we go. All right. So I want to also then say we get to, now we don't have to rush through some of these discipleship conversations by taking an extra week. Um, next week, we'll be starting our conversation on 1 Samuel. Today will be a little bit different. You promise? No, <laughs> I do not promise. Uh, uh, I, I, I make no, Lord willing, I'm going to put it that way. Lord okay, willing, we'll do go. the biblical way of there doing it. I like it. Uh, Lord willing, we will have 1 Samuel, start 1 Samuel next week. Um, uh, and that, that'll be a lot of fun. We had someone after the first service say, so was there not a sermon today? That was the, we didn't do a sermon. I mean, it's kind of a sermon. Uh, so, but it's a, it's a discussion. We're going to unpack to continue to unpack this idea of discipleship. And by the time we're done, um, even talk more in detail about what we're doing and some of the things we're doing. But part of why I wanted Blake uh, up here on stage with me, one, he's taking point in so many of these things, uh, in our church now, and which is, um, very exciting for me. I'm very glad that he's here. And one of the reasons is we discovered that we were kindred spirits on this topic, um, sitting on my back porch with me drawing out what I'm about to show you, drawing out uh, on one of our uh, windows on our back porch um, with the dry erase marker. Thankfully, it Not wasn't a Sharpie. A Sharpie. Um, uh, it, though it did take a while before we erased it, it did take a while. Uh, it was dry erase. But the, um, 
what I'm about to explain, show to you guys, but as we talked through what really the purpose of the local church is, what its main purpose is, or what its main purposes are, this, this was something that we found out we had a kindred spirit. We were very much so in alignment on. And, um, and I just have to tell you, honestly, um, it's not, that's not super common. Um, this, is, this is not to talk negatively about any other church, but it's, it's really hard to find someone who has kind of the same emphasis on discipleship and the way this represents kind of the apex ministry of the local church. Um, and so with that in mind, I'm going to draw out our show on the screen, what I drew out for him. And many of you have seen this. If you've been here long, you've seen this. Uh, but this is a great way to remind ourselves, this is, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing is to express some of these things. So um, we call this the conveyor belt. Um, this is our conveyor belt here. And, and it's to help us do what we're intended to do, what God made for us to do as a local church. And you can join into this conveyor belt at any point along the way. And some of you will recognize yourself where you are right now on this conveyor belt as we talk about this. Um, and you'll recognize where you've been and, and where you've come. So let's, let's jump in. So let's say, for example, there's someone who is a total stranger to us. They don't know us. We don't know them. So let's start with stranger. And so we, that's, that's one of the places we can meet people is that they know nothing about us. They don't know, they don't know who we are. Uh, they're just showing up for an activity that happens to be on our property, or they're coming to one of our community events that we do, the three big community events that we do, the Highland Games um, or the, uh, fireworks. the fireworks or the Easter Bash and these, these three big things that we try to do and um, uh, to let the community know so the people can come and experience total strangers. They don't know. Or maybe they're coming to to work out with their, their workout team in the field, or they're coming to play, uh, practice softball, or, or whatever it happens to be. However they may, or maybe it is even on a Sunday morning, like, listen, we need to go to church sometime. There's this weird sign that sticks out over 69. I think that's a church, maybe. It's kind of hard to tell. You drive back here, you're still not sure if it's a church. It's like, maybe this is a church. Um, I remember coming here. We came here. The first time I came to this campus was actually playing an upwards game hosted by a different church on this property. And, uh, and I came for weeks and, and someone was, I was like, what is this, by the way? Is this, turns out it's a church. Now I work here. And it's a, uh, but that was my greeting. So how do we take a stranger and turn them into a guest? So that's our goal is to go from strangers to, how do we get them there? And what we've learned is generosity is the key. Generosity is the key to getting someone's attention when they're a total stranger. And so whether that's, I'm going to give you, some, that could be here, it could be they do come to one of those big events and they go, wow, what, how, how much is parking for the fireworks? Nothing. Oh, well, how much are the tattoos for the little tattoos for the kids or the face painting or the, or the whatever? Like, nope, nothing. Um, how, much is the, how much are the water? How much is the, because it's like 109 degrees, how much, I'm going to need to drink a lot of water. How much is the water? Free. Um, that kind of thing gets people's attention. Um, especially at the Highland Games where we have a lot of people who come who have nothing to do with church and would never, probably wouldn't have come if they'd known it was held at a church. Um, and they get here and they discover, oh, wait, all this stuff is, has no, no cost to me. Um, that's, those are things that communicate that. Obviously, that's true on Sunday morning as well. People show up, the coffee, the donuts, all the things, even, even some of the things that are kind of crossover between hospitality and generosity, like the fact that we don't, don't require people to dress up a lot. That just avoids another conflict at home that there's coffee and donuts, one less conflict on the way to church because your, your kids are going to actually want to come because there's donuts. And so things like, things like that that communicate this, uh, man, we, we want to go over the top and let you know how, how proud we are that you've come. That gets people, that, that communicates that. But let me tell you the most powerful way that happens by far. 
is actually in the community. Um, so the quick version of this, there was a, a lady years ago, and I, I've heard this verse, different versions of this many times, a lady who came many years ago who had been um, pretty horrifically abused by her father who was a Baptist pastor. And so she had a very difficult time with church at all, much less a Baptist church and certainly not a Baptist pastor. She had not been in the room with one since her childhood um, because we're not safe. And so, and yeah, so this is a... Uh, what happened was she was trying to run an event in town, and she kept asking people to give or volunteer or serve or donate, and she would ask. She would call different companies and go, could you this, could you this, could you do this? And the answer was no, 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 no. And then someone would say yes. And she would say, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for helping with this. What church do you go to? And she said five or six people in a row who said yes all said South Spring. I go to South Spring. And she said, well, then I need to meet that pastor because she mistakenly thought I had anything to do with that. Um, it's you guys. And so because of that, she wanted to see. And other people come. They, I'm telling you, it happens all the time. That people are blessed by someone like you out there because you're generous people. And, and this is a generous congregation. And they want to know where you go to church that's that generous and so that has that mindset. And so they come. And that's how they go from being a total stranger to being a guest. Okay, good. Step one. Step two, we want them from, to go from being guests to sticking around. We want them to stay around. And so we want them to become attenders is a way to say that. We want them to, that they don't just come once because that's an issue. A lot of, of you have probably done that. You visit a church once, you don't ever go back. If you've ever done that where you moved to a new community or you got fed up with your old church or something and so you did the church hopping thing and you go from church to church to church and you're like, what is it about this? What? And what causes people to stick, to, to just pause and stop and come back two weeks in a row? or three weeks in a row, or four weeks in a row, and then maybe eventually stay, is hospitality. Um, that's what causes people to stick and stay. And so we have a lot of things in place to communicate that we think you should be here. That's what hospitality is. Um, it's a big one. Um, and that we want people to know that, and that we say to them, you're welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we want that to be the experience. Um, yeah, and that's... Uh, I First mean, service, you commented here. Jump yeah, in. Yeah, that's one, one thing that uh, you have to, to tell, tell ourselves uh, on a regular basis. We can't just say, yes, we are uh, hospitable or generous. I mean, it's something we need to talk about often, and that's why we're doing this today, uh, because I need a reminder that right. there are people who uh, don't know me, and that there are people who don't know you, and there are people who don't know where to go. And so when we see people, we, you know, we train our uh, greeters, so when, when you see uh, somebody coming in, their eyes are moving, they don't, they're kind of looking around, they don't know, you know, to approach them and talk to them and, and get to know them. Um, that was kind of one of the things that uh, happened with Shauna and I when we came. Uh, I mean, it just was a, it was a friendly place. Because um, you were, you were, not you. You were here before you were interviewed for staff, right? Yeah, before so I knew there was a job. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So that <laughs> so was not. That was a totally. Yeah. Yeah, and and actually the the men's ministry uh, last semester. I mean, we were praying together in a, in a group, and a, a bunch of those guys. I see your faces in here today. Um, you know, prayed with me uh, as we were uh, mm -hmm. during that time. So that was awesome. But when we came, uh, a it was awesome to drive through the woods to get to church. Mm -hmm. uh, B it was uh, you know everybody talked to us and got to know us and and. Uh, uh, we uh, were able to wear tennis shoes to church, and uh, mm -hmm. they, and Michael had most of his socks matching, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, it was just a, a comfortable place to be, and uh, got to meet a lot of great people, and and in the life groups, uh, and I think that's that's kind of the key that, that pulled us back in. So, so this that house, it's, it is so huge. 
we, we train about it at least twice a year. You may, if you've been here a while, you've caught that twice a year. We do specific training on, hos on hospitality here as a church because it doesn't come naturally to us. None of this does. Um, so once people are kind of here, but we're not done because uh, the job of the local church isn't to create spectators. Um, that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to create a room full of people. Getting a whole bunch of people here is not impressive. A lot more people will be at the Dallas Cowboy games coming up. That has much, hopefully, how do I say it this way? I assume it has much less eternal impact when they go to the Cowboys game than coming here. So the numbers isn't the key. That's, that alone is not a key. Obviously, we want, that'd be great. Lots of people. That's awesome. That's fun. But if, there's, if we stop at a tender, we've not done our job. And we've not yet lived this out. And so how do we go from a tender to a member? Someone who sees this as their home. They are a shepherd of this place and of the ministry of this place. Now, there are a few things during this transition I do want you to know. There are a few things. So you look around the room and you'll be surprised to hear we do have some standards. Um, and so there are, there are a couple. There's not many, uh, but there are a couple. One is basic theological alignment. Now, there's a lot of things we disagree with each other on when it comes to theological conversations and fine points and that kind of stuff. That's normal and it's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are some basic kind of non-negotiable things. You can find them on the website or you can talk with any of us about them. Just a handful of things. Now, we need to be in alignment on those. Here's why. The only real reason, although Blake has another one he's going to mention in a second, the only real reason for joining the church, for being a member of the church is to serve. Um, and, and that's the vital key meaning. Like that's, that's why we want you to be a member is because of what comes next. We'll get there in a second. But to be a member, um, that, that's its, there's, no, there's no advantages to becoming a member. Uh, by the way, when we were First Baptist South Campus and you joined, you got a free membership down at the downtown First Baptist Campus uh, at their gym. Uh, not, 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 we don't even get that anymore. No free gym membership for becoming a member here. Um, it, it is purely just an opportunity to serve. Um, and so we wouldn't want someone to sign up to serve and teach and lead and that kind of stuff if they weren't in agreement with the basic tenets theologically with us. So that's one. Um, also, you need to have a plan for baptism uh, as an adult. You've either, as a, excuse me, as a believer. Um, don't matter be as an adult. As a believer that I've, you've put your faith in Jesus Christ and now you have a plan for being baptized. You either have been baptized, you're getting baptized, or you have a plan for getting baptized. Now that last one we threw in there because we discovered... Sometimes the right time for people to join and the right moment for them to get baptized don't align perfectly. Um, I go back to the example of, of, at one point, somebody asking, hey, we want to go ahead and join, but, but we want to be baptized in the Jordan River and we're going on the next Israel trip. I mean, what are you going to say to that? Right? Like, <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. Uh, of course you, yes. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, so, so, but there's a lot of, a part of that is because baptism is a celebration. We want it to be a celebration. And if your family's going to be there at a certain time. We want to try to figure out how to make that happen at that time. So um, uh, anyway, so those are some becoming members means, oh, oh, and also that you're not embracing sin in your life. Um, again, if you're engaged in sin, if you're uh, or in a sinful lifestyle, we hope you're here. We want you here. We're proud you're here. We, we love you. Uh, but we're not going to put you in a position to lead or teach or serve yet. It's not the right time for that yet. And so you might say, hey, we're you know, a couple and we're living together as though we're married. We're acting like we're married, but we're not actually in a covenant marriage. Okay, we are so glad you're here. We're not going to have you join yet because we believe the Bible teaches that is a sinful decision. And you're embracing that. 
We would love to help you with that. We want to come alongside you. We want to deal with that. We, we've got people who can fix that problem. I mean, we could do it like right now. Like you're, you're married. Like we could, we could take care of that. But, but the, the, that, that's an example of something that we would say, that's not, a, that's not some type of hateful judgment or anything. It just means you're not ready to serve yet in this uh, congregation. And so we love that you're here and we want you to be here, whatever it is. It, this isn't about sinning. If this was, hey, if you're still sinning, then you can't join the church. Well, I mean, then none of us get to join the church. That's not how that works. We all fall into sin um, consistently. And so that's just a part of that. We know that's a part of it. This is specifically about somebody embracing that sin, um, embracing us again. And we still want you here. We still love you. We want you to be involved. Um, we're just not going to have you in a place of service yet. So we're not going to have you join yet. Um, go ahead. So how do you get from attender to member? Uh, from attender to member, here's what's wild. What we learned over time is there's really only one way to do that, and that's through invitation. Someone has to invite you to do it. Um, someone has to make you know, we want you to do that. We want you to be part of this. We want you to be one of us. Now, that can be a staff member, which is fine. And, and in fact, a lot of what Lance's main job when he first came on was finding these people who had been attending for years and sitting down with them and going, why aren't why aren't you a member yet? What's going on? Let's, you're, you, know, we, you know you can join. We'll let you join any time in these conversations where you're a believer, you got a plan for baptism, you're not embracing sin in your life, what's holding you back? Um, and so uh, there's that. But it's best when it comes from you. It's best when it comes from the equipped ministers in the room, not the paid staff, is when you say, hey, I'm reaching out to somebody and saying, I, I'm, I haven't seen you serving yet. How do we get you involved? How do we get you engaged? And if they go, hey, I'm living in sin, then you can say, great, we're so glad you're here. Probably not time to join yet, right? Or, um, or I don't agree theologically. Like, great, we're so glad you're here. Keep coming. We love you. We'll be involved with you. How do we help you talk through these things? Um, uh, so <clears throat> that's, that's invitation is the key. And one of those big, you know, you mentioned the big benefit is to, uh, to serve as a part of our church. And, and because we want to know you and we want you to know the church and, uh, and fall into alignment with us. Uh, together as we study God's word. But um, another uh, benefit, so I, I would call it a side benefit. Um, yeah. And some people, like you, you uh, <laughs> some people may not think it's a benefit, but I do, uh, is accountability. Like just coming in as a part of a, a local church and saying, hey, I want to be a part of this body. Yep. Um, and I want you to, to view my life, to see my life. And I don't want to hide things from you. Um, I want you to ask me hard questions when, when need be, because um, sometimes, you know, um, our heart takes us a different direction that is not towards God. And if you see that I'm going a different direction that is not towards God, I, I want you to, to help bring me back to the Lord. Because right. we believe that, that God's design is better, uh, and it is, it is a, a better way to live. It's a healthier way to live. It is a God-honoring life. And so if you see that in my life, please, you know, tell me. And so that's part of Absolutely. membership. Now, some people may say, I don't want anybody looking at my business or talking right, to me about yep. that. But, um, you know, this morning when we were doing communion down here at, at 830, uh, you know, uh, Chris read from Hebrews uh, and, and just talked about the discipline that the Lord, the, the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so, uh, and he loves us. And so um, I want discipline from someone who loves me. Right. Um, and so we want to show that love to one another and help each other find the right path. That's a, yeah, that's a good, very good point. That is, that is part of it as well. Is that we need that in our lives. And we're going to unpack some more of that conversation about community here in a second. Um, <clears throat> so then, but we're still not done. Just being members is, is not finished. And this is, the, this is the step that really is the apex step for the church. And that is that we create ministers. That people aren't just members. 
Um, but in being a member, you are a minister here and in the community and, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Like that's the idea is that our job is to train and equip and send maybe locally, maybe back to your home, maybe back to your office, maybe to the grocery store, or maybe to the uttermost parts of the world, um, send people to be ministers in those places where they are. And so this is a, this is the way you go from being a, just a member to a minister, and this is ongoing, is discipleship. This, that is why discipleship is the key work of the church, is it's that, it's that final step. In some ways, you can wrap all of these under this, that step of moving people, helping us grow near. And this one's never done. We always, as we talked about last week, we always need people leading us and discipling us. Um, we need to have people who we can look at and say, I'm following you as you're following Christ, from 1 Corinthians 11, 1, for example. There need to be people in my life that I'm saying, hey, here's what God has taught me. Let me pass that on to you, like 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, that we would do that. Like These are two key passages that we want to live that out. And here's the deal. You cannot microwave this. There's no way to fast forward it. There's no way to merely program it. Our job is to create the conditions for it and that people who want to be equipped can be equipped. But this is something that your church staff cannot do for the church. It has to be the members of the church who do it because we couldn't do it. Even Jesus only had 12 guys. And so the idea of, well, how, who, the Jesus then count, trusted those 12 to create more and more and more, the, the, the multiplication effect there. So, so we need y'all anyway. asking the question, who is my Paul? That's right. Who is my Barnabas? And who is my Timothy? Who am I looking at uh, and following them as they follow Christ? And then who am I side by side? Barnabas, who am I serving the Lord together with? And then Absolutely. who am I intentionally pouring into? Exactly. And this is, the, this is the breach over into, or the, the segue over into this conversation of community. What, what we try to create here is a place to do that. I'm going to go ahead and jump to the Ecclesiastes stuff, and then we'll come back to the other. But the, so, for example, in, in Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon here um, is not uh, being very sweet about friendship, not very altruistic about friendship. Um, he's being very practical, very pragmatic. Um, and so when we see in Ecclesiastes, even Solomon, as brokenhearted as he is when he writes Ecclesiastes, um, <clears throat> says this in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. If they fail, one will lift, if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they can keep warm. How can one keep warm alone, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is a, you may have heard that passage, and recognizing this is in the middle of a book in which a guy is saying, there's really no purpose in life. It's a dark, depressing book. Ken and I are leading a, a life group of, of men going through this uh, a couple times a month, and, and it's just chapter after chapter of it's just life is, he, Solomon is finding very little meaning in life. Um, he is testing God on all these things, and God is, is kind of shutting down every one of them. after All the things that the world thinks will find value in, he's testing them all, and God's like, nope, nope, nope. Solomon's running into a brick wall with every one of them. And then, but one of the few things that he finds actual value in, even though, again, it's not sweet, pragmatic, is what if you fall down? What if someone comes after you? What if you're cold? You need, we need each other. And even Solomon in his darkest time knew this. How many of us have examples in our lives that we could look around, either of a time in our life or a time in the life of a friend or someone that we would say, man, 
They isolated themselves. They cut themselves off from community in their pride, in their arrogance, in their pain, in their addiction, in whatever. They cut off themselves from the community. They isolated themselves. And you know what's coming soon after that. They're going down. It's, it's so hard to see that, to see people walk away from the things that matter most. In a conversation with a guy this week who I hadn't checked on in a while and checked on him and discovered he's, he's burned all his bridges. And he's in the text saying, regret is, is a very powerful vacuum and it's pulling me down. Um, and it's all decisions he made. And so we'd love him and re- reach out to him, but he's at that stage of like, you know, maybe still not able to get help. Um, why don't you mention the firing on all cylinders conversation, part of the conversation, and I want to come back to the Galatians uh, passage because I, I like how those play off together. For sure. Um, so, you know, when we think about uh, life change, when we think about changing the, the world uh, for, for the cause of Christ, uh, you know, in, uh, let's see, I have it somewhere. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Second Corinthians 5, 17 uh, and 18, you know, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. One of the things that it says in verse um, uh, 19 is it says that, that God has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. And we're ambassadors mm. for Christ. Um, and God is making his appeal to the world through you and through me, through us, mm. through me, <laughs> through you. <laughs> uh, and so... Um, we are giving that same message that John the Baptist gave uh, to the people, that mm. Jesus gave to the people, that Paul gave to the people, all the disciples gave to the people, be reconciled to God. And so um, I, I mentioned to Chris the other day, you know, just imagine if one church was firing on all cylinders. I mean, we were doing uh, ministry just as God called us to do. We were really, uh, we were being obedient in every way. Um, we were trusting him. Uh, what would it be like? What would happen? And, uh, you know, our, our knowledge of God would deepen. Our knowledge of God would deepen. Um, we would be taking care of one another's needs. Uh, oh, you have a need? Let me help. You know, I can show you the generosity uh, that, that Christ has shown me, and let me help you. Um, we, we can clearly express the hope of the gospel to a lost and dying world um, so that people can experience God right. through us and through that message. And so, um, and so lost people are coming to Christ because of that. Um, orphans, widows, foster kids are taken care of, and they have a place that they can call their home. Um, our community looks to the church for answers uh, to their despair, uh, to their needs, uh, instead of an, another organization that <laughs> some of us pay taxes to, <laughs> right. or you're supposed to. Uh, and uh, Please, yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do pay taxes. <laughs> um, and, and we're living life together in a community. Like, imagine if, if a church was doing that, if we were multiplying disciple makers, like right. we talked about last week in 2 Timothy 2.2, that we're teaching people to teach people. We're, we're following Christ's command to go and make spiritual children, go make disciples. Then the world would be changed. Yeah. The world would be changed. Multiplication would happen. Um, and so if that, if that was happening, it's, it's the vision, you know, it's like, right. it's, it, it will come, become perfect in heaven. Right. Uh, and that's our hope that we look forward to. But here on earth, while we're experiencing our eternal life that has already started when we accepted Christ, I can spend my eternal life now right. sharing the gospel, sharing with, with people in our church. So this was the, as we're looking at it for first service and, and other times we've talked the Galatians 6, I want you to hear this passage from Paul in Galatians chapter 6. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 1, but I want you to notice 
to what degree Paul assumes that the readers of Galatians, of this letter to the church in Galatia, how much he assumes they are living in a community. Like this is, this is a given. He's starting with that assumption. He literally starts with the word brothers. So already it's a family and he's, he's assuming on that. If anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Notice that the, the obvious, you're going to get caught in your sin. Why? Well, because you're in a community and they're going to come confront you with that. Why? Because they love you enough to confront you with it. That's why they love you enough to, to bring it to your attention. I mean, isn't, isn't that so much the root? Isn't that a great test for friendship is when the one person who's willing to tell you you got something hanging out of your nose or you got, you, you know, your fly is open or something and everyone else is like just not telling you and they're being awkward. And, and then that one guy's like, hey, just so you'll know. And you're like, thank you for being a friend to me. Like we, this is an assumption we need this. We have somebody, verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This word here, because He's going to say in a minute that we should bear our own burdens or our own loads, two different words. This, the, the one we should bear our own is the soldier's pack that we kind of each have to carry. The, the day-to-day stuff that you kind of do have to carry on your own. But you know what? All of us face moments and we face trials and we face difficulties that are too big for us. Uh, and that's when we realize we desperately need other people to help lift that burden with us. There's something we can't do on our own. There's something we can't provide for our children, so we find other people who can. There's, we, we need that in our families. We need that with our, in, in, gosh, just in everything, in business, in life. We all go through stages. There have been people in this church, I've now been here 10 years, people in this church who have received benevolence help because their life was falling apart and have given benevolence help later or before because things were going well for them and they could help other people. Those are going to happen to every one of us. We're all going to face highs. We're all going to face lows. And Paul's assumption is that even includes our moral decision-making. Listen, there are going to be times when you blow it and you need someone to come into your life and say, hey, what's up with this? Why are you mm-hmm. He assumes this community. Community is what gives us the opportunity to have this discipleship to to have these discipleship relationships, to be able to serve one another in these. When we ask, who will celebrate with me? Who will mourn with me? Who will bear burdens with me? Who will celebrate when I celebrate? Who will mourn when I mourn? And uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, uh, it just reiterates that again. And this is a a passage that uh, kind of helped me understand how to come alongside people uh, that are going through difficult times. And it says, uh, verse 26 says, If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that has taught me two lessons. One, that I want to suffer with my community, with my friends, the people that uh, are, are, I'm surrounding and part of that uh, support system. Um, and then also, the, um, uh, if one member is honored, we all rejoice together. Mm-hmm. So when one of us wins, we celebrate the win. We don't go, oh, I wanted to win, or I want that. So we go, no, man, that's awesome. Like this is an incredible blessing, and I'm so happy that this is this is going well. We, in fact, we referenced they're they're in the first service. They're not here today, but the Redfern Senior family they're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this week. So 50 years married. That's not something we would feel competition with. We would say, how do I get discipled by them? That's what we should be (laughs) saying. Like, how do we get, especially her? How do we figure out how she put up with him all those years? So. Um, that's an example of something we sell. We can celebrate together. It was it was really cool. So, yeah, and what's that? Yeah. But that's not a joke. 
<laughs> no, no, that was <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we need, I'm telling you, we need it. Exactly. So jump into the, yeah. the burdens conversation, and, and then uh, we'll go straight to the life groups. Life groups, yeah. Um, so when, when you're in community, and, and you know, we're all going through life, and we're all suffering, and we all have something going on, right? Uh, and uh, we all have burdens. And, and I don't know if you remember, um, I, I think Chris said it uh, a few weeks ago, and then Paul reminded, and I'll remind again, but you know, that, that a burden is not always a bad thing. Uh, it sounds bad in my head when I say it, like the thought mm-hmm. of carrying a burden or someone's burden. Um, but, but Chris made the point if there was a, a pallet of gold bricks right here and you said, hey, they're free, take what you want, just get them out to your car, it's no problem, just come take what you want. And, you know, you would gladly come and load up these valuable things to put in a backpack and then hunch your shoulders over and walk out to your car, right? That'd be like, okay, I'm doing this, it's a burden. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, that's an example of a burden that has value. Well, those in our small groups, in our uh, life groups, uh, have great value, and you know that, and uh, you know that, uh, hopefully that you know that God sees the value in you, and so we want to carry one another's burdens, Mm -hmm. uh, because they are worth it, Uh, and so, and helping us get through uh, that life, and and this life, and so when I, um, when we kind of think about, we have this large group in one room, it's very difficult to get to know one another, right, mm-hmm. in just this room. Uh, to be able to know what, what struggles do you have, what, um, mm-hmm. you know, how's your walk with the Lord? Do you need me to share the gospel with you? Uh, sometimes we take for granted, we think that if you're sitting in this room, you don't need to hear the gospel. Um, and so I, I will tell you this, I need to be reminded of the gospel daily. Uh, that, right. that I am a sinner, that Christ died for me. He was buried, rose again. And, and because he defeated death and because he took my <laughs> sin. Okay, I got the, the songs we sang, I didn't catch, like I was like, John, I didn't catch it in the first service. I, was, I thought, we, we, ought to, we ought to be singing about how we should shine our light and let the whole world see <laughs> that he's mighty to save. He's the author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. That my debt is paid and the victory is won because the Lord is my salvation and of course, my victories in Jesus, like that. That's right. It was it was too subtle for me, but it wasn't very subtle. That was ex- like this is exactly <laughs> the message that we're saying we want to have together. We're singing this together, projecting this together. Anyway, it's yeah. just I was like, I got to mention that. That was really good. Anyway, sorry. No, Keep I mean that, that's great. So we're reminded in song, and we're reminded right. when we're together of the gospel message, the hope that the whole world doesn't have yet, yes. but that God wants them to have. And so, um, so we need to be in smaller groups. We can't just do it in this big room. We've got to right. be in smaller groups. And so we break up into life groups. Uh, and we've got teachers in there. We've got leaders that are going to show hospitality. We've got people that, um, you know, can take guests to lunch and, and things like that. And, um, and so I wanted to put up just to remind you, if, and I have a TV out there that says, have you found your life group yet? And it's got a QR code. And, and if you scan the QR code, or you could take out your phone right now. You if could you wanted, right now. If your battery was charged, yes, you it, could. Yes, it finally ended up working the first service for right. me. But uh, that was because of my phone. The scan, this, this will tell you the information on our life group, I guess on the majority of, I don't know if it's uh, all of them. It'll, it'll be all semester. So the semester base, which are the Sunday night, and okay. then the uh, long-term uh, ones as well. But you still need to jump over. There may be a, a, a link on this page. So you could literally right now, those of you with your phones, you could go up and scan and get the QR code. It'll give you all the information on the life groups. There may be a button on it that allows you to register right then, or you may have to jump over to the life groups uh, on the events tab to get to, to actually register for them. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'll talk about that as yep, well. Go but for it. Yeah. So let me just show you the Sunday morning groups. And uh, so at nine o'clock, you 
Raise your hand if you were in a life group this morning, 9 o'clock, people. <laughs> yeah. did, did you have a delicious brunch? Yeah. Uh, Mary Lee sent me <laughs> pictures. That looked awesome. And uh, I think Joel brought me over a plate. And me too. Yeah, they brought me, yeah, they got and me. so uh, they're ha- they had a brunch this morning. You guys had a brunch. And so, uh, but anyway, um, so this is our Sunday morning 9 a.m. life groups. And we try, to, we try as best we can as we have leaders um, to accommodate each kind of age or age and um, like what's life your family, stage. life stage. Um, and so we've got these groups here. Um, so you see the parents of teens, the woman-to-woman, parents of teens. And then we have a verse-by-verse group that meets uh, first hour. We have another different life group also called verse-by-verse that meets second hour. And, and this group is really a multi-generational group. Like it's a great place for, um, for guests or you to find someone in a different life stage that maybe you could, that could be your Paul Barnabas or Timothy. Right. Um, and then um, biblical principles and then our blended families that um, if there's been divorce or, or separation or, uh, and you've come together in a, as a new family, um, that's a great group as well. And then 1030, we have uh, the honeymooners, so our young marrieds. Uh, and then young marrieds turns out they figure out how to make kids, and so they, then we have the new <laughs> beginnings uh, when their life is changed. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they they have a new beginning, and they don't sleep very much. But the new beginnings class a great great group to be in. And then verse by verse, and young family connections because turns out kids grow up if you feed them and care for them. And then prime timers and and legacy builders uh, are are more mature uh, folks that <laughs> have are seasoned, seasoned. and we need go. them to invest in us and show right. us the way of discipleship. And so. I, that is a challenge. I would like to be discipled by some of you, so please mm-hmm. get to know me. Uh, I would love to get to know you. Um, and so uh, then we have our Sunday night life groups, and Chris mentioned that a second ago, of something that's kind of important, but, um, and they meet from 5.30 to 7.30. And I don't know if we mentioned this in the first service, but one of the things you've talked about many times is uh, as we're going through that conveyor belt right. and being ministers and serving in those different ministries, you know, you said, hey, it, it'd be really, really great if you worship together in this big room with right. us. You, ser- you find one week, hour during the week to serve. Right. Uh, and then uh, you life group for an hour. You know, you, yep. you get to know some, some other folks. And so service is, a, you know, being a minister, you guys being ministers, is uh, really important to our church operation. Yes. Um, and so, but these Sunday night life groups are pretty cool because it's 530 to 730. Um, and there is children's programming during this time where your children are poured into and invested in. Um, and then the, these five groups really um, are, are kind of uh, short-term, different. They're a 10-week, uh, 10-week class. And uh, they go through some really cool stuff, as you see here. Some things that you may want to, I mean, I wanted to, to get to know more about that. I want to learn more about this area. And so, again, you scan the QR code and you can read the description. Destructions. You can read the instruct. No, the descriptions. Descriptions. Thank you. Everything's good. Um, and so that's Sunday night. But it's really important that you do click the link. You parents, uh, anybody actually, if you could right. s- click the link that um, you can sign up for the Sunday nights because because it's a different time. We want to know a how many people are coming so we know what room, and then uh, b we want to know where your kids are and mm-hmm. uh, how we can make sure that we have enough ministers to support that child um, in that programming. So, um, but the church turns out has more life groups. It's still there's even still, more. Yeah. We're not even done. That's right. So um, Monday, right, Monday night is our uh, Regen Discipleship Group, and uh, they are starting a new group. They're opening back up. It's normally closed for a while, and they're opening back up October 1st. And um, <laughs> there we go. 
And uh, so if you want to get involved in that, again, there's, uh, please look at the uh, de- uh, description on our website. Um, and then Tuesday, uh, Grief Share. Um, so it, someone told me this week that there's a Grief Share uh, every night of the week. Every night of the week, uh, somewhere in Tyler. And so, Somewhere in Tyler. And so, uh, so Tuesday is our night, and we've got a new leader, uh, leadership team in there, and it's uh, going to be great. But if you've experienced loss, or, 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 uh, um, then that's a, a great group to uh, receive encouragement. And then we have our college Bible study at the Ken Hodge residence, uh, which is awesome. And the young professionals um, are going to start meeting in the student building, um, I believe, September 10th, uh, 10th before the 11th, before the 11th. I think the 11th is a Sunday. The it's it's the one 13th, of those days I'm supposed to week. know, and now I'm totally embarrassed in front of my boss. It's fine. <laughs> We're all good here. But um, uh, but the uh, but they're gonna they're gonna meet together, and I just wanted to put a shout out here. If you are interested in, in being a yes. discipling influence in our young professionals or our college ministry, and you're like, man, I want I really know that if you understand like I do that that generation is gonna be yeah. kind of the tip of the spear in evangelism, missions, discipleship. Um, now's the time. Now's a great time to invest in them. And so if that's you, please talk to me. Um, I'd love to get you plugged in there. Um, and then we have our Wednesday night activities. Um, and this was another favorite part of the generosity mm-hmm. of South Spring that made me and Shauna want to come is turns out the first night was free for yeah, yeah we for got, dinner. We, for dinner. Oh, yeah, we got absolutely. to eat. We got to eat dinner for free. That was really awesome because we got like 20 kids. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, um, but uh, you know, and then uh, so this this uh, this fall we're going to start uh, a new emphasis on our men's and women's ministries. Man, there is something really powerful when when guys get in the huddle and just mm-hmm. uh, share what's going on, what they're what they're good at, what they're what they're not good at, and other men can go, man, I'm I'm struggling with that too. Let's let's uh, let's figure this out together. It's just another moment where. Um, where we can, we can do that together. And so um, I don't have all the details yet for that planned out that I can share with you now, but I, I, I do promise that you will get to know some men in this church and that discipleship will happen in yep. your life. And so same with the, the ladies. And the ladies too. Um, and, and it's an incredible opportunity. And these two ministries also, if you um, want to serve or you want to be a part of this, um, please uh, get in contact with me. I'd love to, uh, to engage you with that. We're not done. Still not Sorry. done. I'm so, yeah. he's, he's over. <laughs> uh, all right, so we've got uh, some prayer groups Gotta that are meetings that have yep. that are crushing it. These are huge. The, make, um, prayer, the prayer ministry opportunities I, I, I want you to make no special note of too. Uh, the Stephen Ministry is over here in the corner. If you uh, are interested in in learning what they do in prayer, uh, highly trained and confidential, and man, they are mm-hmm. pre- they're getting on their knees for you for your prayer requests on a weekly, uh, daily basis. Um, so if you want to be involved in that, or if you need prayer, then please visit that corner uh, after the service. Um, then we have on Wednesday nights, uh, this is really cool because uh, uh, it just, it just kind of sprang out of uh, Lila Noble's uh, heart. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want to pray for 30 minutes on Wednesday night before Bible study. And I want to gather a group for 30 minutes and, and praying so hard for the lost in our community, praying that non-believers would come to know Jesus um, and so that's amazing. Um, and then we have a thing called Pray and Play on September 11th. We'll start that. Um, and that is Sundays at 5. So you bring your kids out here to the back porch. The kids can play on the playground while you and some other uh, families can pray together. And uh, it's just a great time to, to get to know and uh, them. And, and then uh, your kids will see you praying. And we want them to see that. That's kind of part of 
that discipleship happening in our families. And so we've got a lot of opportunities for you. Yes. There, there's no excuses right now, you know, like for you to, sit, to just come here and be an attender and sit in your seat. Don't, don't miss this opportunity to, to have people come around you and, and be uh, encouragers of you uh, while you follow Christ. Uh, don't miss that. I, I really want to encourage you. So we'll, we'll wrap up our time here. I want to really encourage you, especially um, as Blake is taking point in these ministries, now is a wonderful time uh, if for you to step in in a new level. Um, and so if you say, man, my heart is college ministry or men's ministry or women's ministry or anything, any kind of life group. And there's so many more. We, I mean, we've got just on our rotators, we've got the motherhood uh, that meets. There are so many. And I would, I would love uh, if you're involved in a discipleship relationship and a discipleship ministry, um, if it's open to people um, and you want it advertised, we want to let Blake know so it gets on the website and people know about it. That's one. Um, two, even if it's closed and it's just you and a group and some families that get together and, and are discipling each other, still, if you will, please let Blake know so that we can have a good understanding of, uh, of that that's happening in our church. Discipleship, that's, that's actually the long-term goal. Discipleship, even in a life group, may not be the most powerful version of that. It's the relationships you make in life groups that then become those friendships, become those close relationships, the people who can confront you and who you can confront, who can love you through the hard things, who can, who can come alongside you in those times. It's those friendships. You vacation together. You're in each other's kids' weddings. and you're, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're in each other's wills. All those different things. It's like those close friendships that really do bring people together. And so... Um, those are vital. You want to refuel in those, equip up, yeah. and then go out into our community and take the gospel. That's exactly and, right. And bring people to know Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. That's so. exactly right. That's, that, is, that is what it's all about. So if you will stand uh, with us here, and you can, uh, you know, here's the question for today. I know this is, again, whoa, I know this, we back on? Okay, I know this is not a typical sermon on Sunday, um, uh, but it's a great time to remind you guys, as we've looked in Scripture, seen the mandate for living in community, for discipling one another over these last couple of weeks. Where are you in that conveyor belt? What's it going to take to move you to the next level? And, and are you helping other people join in um, if you're on there, if you're a member and a minister already? So, um, this would be our prayer. What has God called us to? The Christian life is not lived out in two or three hours on a Sunday morning. Um, this is just the kind of the huddle. This is the, the debrief. We get together, we discuss, and we go out there to, to war, to play the game, to, to really do the action that God has called us to out there. So um, that's what we want this to be, not, just, not merely a gathering place, but an equipping place. And we need that in each other's lives. So wherever you are in that, if you've, in a minute, as, as Colson's going to lead us in a song uh, to sing together, that if you would say, man, I need to have a community like that. I've already been through the welcome home process. I've met with some people. I'm ready to come join this dysfunctional family. You can do that in a minute. If you want to come ask questions about that, you can do that with one of us. If you want to come pray for any reason, you need to look at your life and confess sin or, or, um, or, or make a commitment to engage at a different level um, whatever it is, whatever God is calling you to, this is for all of us. Um, the, the, the call to go and make disciples is something for all Christ followers, all of us, each of us, um, each one of us, you and me. So that's our prayer. And uh, so we will, um, uh, I'll turn over to Colson, be listening what the Spirit has for you this morning.